Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2002 film, Me. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. the last Halloween episode. This is the last time we can do that until next year. It is. It's the last one. Uh, boo. Do you prefer boo or woo? I'm more of a boo man. I prefer my more of a boo to be than aggressive. A yeah. Woo, woo's got like a, a sad quality. That's a sad ghost. Boo is an aggressive cheeky ghost. Yeah, that's true actually. Boo is what you say when you jump out at someone, isn't it? Woo is more like a sort of sustained haunt. Boo is what you say to a goose. Woo is what you say when you're you've put your head out of a limo window. You, you say that like you're speaking from experience. That's what I do every day. Every day I've got my limo ride. Every day I take the limo to the pond where I shout boo at a goose. <laughs> and on the way there, I go woo out of the window. That sounds vaguely like one of those like inspirational LinkedIn posts from entrepreneur hustle guys do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i've got that i've got that sigma male mindset i'm always on the grind so that i can get that boo to that goose in the most optimum time (laughs) rob g and the g is for grind set (laughs) exactly exactly have you ever been i should become one of those guys i've been in a limo once my friends wanted one for the prom or whatever it's called, the leavers thing at my pro- at my secondary school. I feel like it, they, they started calling them proms after we left school just to spite us. Yeah, what, whatever it was called, like a leavers, leavers ball or something. Yeah, leavers ball. Um, it was pointless. <laughs> um, was it a hummer? Yeah. No, it was just a regular limousine. Well, I've been in a limo. So the first time I went to the US when I was 17, I went with my friend um, whose dad was this really eccentric antiques dealer. um, And we'd sort of tagged along with his business trip. So weirdly, he had this client who is an incredibly rich old American guy who gave us free use of his limo and his driver, who was a lovely, lovely man who drove us around everywhere being like, what are you 17 year old boys want to (laughs) go? So, yeah, got to hang out in a limo. It was very much like the scene in Home Alone. We didn't eat pizza in the limo, but it was n- not far off. Oh, very nice. Very nice. You know where limousine comes from as a term? I don't. Fill me in. So, it comes from Limousin, the region of France, um, where they believe that the covered portion of the vehicle was po- was... The equivalent to a popular style of cloak in limousine. Ah, okay. So then it became limousine. And if it doesn't come directly from the limousine region of France, then it's just a sparkling <laughs> Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> just a sparkling car. <laughs> sparkling hatchback. Uh, that's reminded me of do another thing. Do you remember? Thing. Sorry, go on. No, do, you, do I remember? Do you, do you remember? I hate um, that song. Do you remember those... Um, 
when cars for a while had that like color scheme whatever paint was on it which like shifted depending on where the light was shining on it you're talking about the film cars (laughs) yes i'm thinking about i'm talking about the film cars um um no i've no idea what you're talking about when was this it was uh it was probably in the new metal era i imagine that sounds like a time Um, of shiny cars doesn't it (laughs) fred durst driving around blinding Um, everyone like I've just looked them up, photochromic and chromatic paints, and what happens is, depending on where the light shines on them, they come, they become like a slightly different color. So, like for instance, you do like a purple chroma flare or chromatic paint, and then it would shift to a different color scheme depending on um, what sort of light is shining in it or where you are. That does sound like horrible. A, a very late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s thing. They were horrible, but I mean, that's like a, that's a, a genius of science. That should have been a permanent fixture, I think. Yeah, that does sound very new metal. Uh, we'll have, what we should do is watch the video to roll in by Limbiscuit where he's in the <laughs> car at the beginning and check if that car has photo, I bet it photochromic does. painting where he's sitting there going, yeah. all right. <laughs> Keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> the most iconic intro to a music video. Now, I was just going to tell a silly story that I might might actually edit out, but my um, when we were about fifteen, me and a group of my friends were in London. Um, you know, this kind of still had that kind of youth energy of being allowed to have a bit of money and get the train up to London um, and just sort of fool around because there's nowhere else you know you could really go. We're just sort of bumming around shops and Camden Market, and we were on Oxford Street. Um, we'd just been to McDonald's and we finished our McDonald's and my friend, my friend was drinking a, um, a strawberry milkshake and he'd finished it. Or I think there was some left in the cup. I might've told this story before, but we were waiting to cross the road and this limo pulled up and the window was like half open (laughs) and he just like lobbed this, his McDonald's drink through the window of this, this limo. And then we all ran away (laughs) and he's a Jehovah's witness now. Oh man. So he clearly felt so guilty about that act. <laughs> I think it, that that act followed him for the rest of his life. <laughs> That's a very cheeky thing to do. Yeah, we don't know who was in there, and you, you know, it could have been a real bastard. It could have been Sir Alan Sugar. Yeah, does he deserve a milkshake <laughs> in the face? He probably does, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he said does. some very just... silly things, hasn't he? He's an asshole. Sorry, sorry to any fans of. The UK Apprentice who listen to our podcast, or fans of, or fans of awful technology from the eighties, or fans of Prokofiev's Montes and Capulets march. <laughs> All right, classical. I <laughs> know, oh, Paddy. I listen to and know the names of classical music. Is that the first time I've ever mentioned classical music on this podcast? No, Surely you mentioned not. it at least twice. And you know the one I love to talk about, more. which is Julius Fuchik. Can you remember what he composed? Julius Guchik. <laughs> That's very silly. But um, no, he composed... Which, is, which was originally written as like a military march. Um, and it's, it's called Entry of the Gladiators. And it's supposed to be this like rousing military song and because I can't even remember why, like a bunch of stuff when songs were being imported into the US from Europe in the kind of early 20th century, 
um, they were just sort of often used out of context and that one ended up being used in one circus once and then it became associated with the circus forever. So there you go. What a cuck. <laughs> Julius <laughs> Cuck. Yeah, more like it, Julius. Cuckchitch. <laughs> Cuckchick. Imagine imagine your your magnum opus being like this rousing song. And then it's forever associated with big floppy clown shoes yeah. until the end of time. <laughs> what a loser. Do you reckon he went to heaven? <laughs> Do you reckon he went to heaven one day and then he was there chilling in heaven and then an angel wandered up to him one day and was like, sorry, mate, we've got to send you to hell because you were up here on good grounds but now it's too embarrassing to have you around because you're you're the clown song man and we've got to demote you <laughs> can't really be seen with you mate devil's laughing at us exactly exactly there's some demons pop their heads in with clown noses on and went <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. look who's mates with with the cuck boy <laughs> what's his name julius Fuchik. Guchik. yeah this is now this is now <laughs> I am now a, a Julius Kuchik hate account on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to go set one up and just be mean about him. Hate account for a guy who died probably <laughs> 70 years ago, more. I don't know, I can't quite remember the time period. Julius yeah, that's... Kuchik. Yeah, he died in 1916. He's been dead for over 100 years. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> Oh, he's quite handsome, though. I've just searched for him. He is. Look at that tash. That's the most beautiful moustache I've ever seen. (laughs) I was actually looking at the younger pictures of him. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, him him older with a magnificent moustache. He's from the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic's forgotten composer. This is um this is now the classic FM podcast. They should they should put us out (laughs) on that just to talk about classical music. (laughs) Yeah, me with zero knowledge of classical music, you with knowledge of classical music, and me just being mean about everything. With some um, some knowledge. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I take it back. Apparently his uh, nephew is also called Julius, and he was a Chad communist journalist and leader at the forefront of the anti-Nazi resistance. Awesome. So... I'm sorry, but your your Julius Fuchik is rubbish, <laughs> and the handsome one is a communist journalist who got killed by the Nazis. Ergo, Uber Chad, the Virgin Julius Fuchik <laughs> versus the Chad Julius Fuchik. <laughs> I'm making that meme, and I'm going to send it to you and post it everywhere. And then no one else is going to get it. Yeah, that's a, that's a very niche joke. <laughs> so on his Wikipedia page, in popular culture, a 1976 barrel organ recording of Fujik's classic carousel song, The Regiment's Kinder by the C. John Mears organisation, is prominently featured in popular Atari interactive video game Rollercoaster Tycoon. Oh, there we go. Comes back, all comes back round to video games. It all comes back round to the game where you can make half a roller coaster and then watch people fall off it. That's always the best thing about those games. Like on Theme Park, um, the original Theme Park, and I think also Theme Park World, the sequel, um, if you ignored the um, need of repair for one of your rides, it would eventually just explode and all of the guests would go flying up in the air. 
and like fly towards the scene, which is always the best uh, towards the screen, which is always the best thing to happen. I love that. I I preferred Zoo Tycoon, where you could just just with one click just remove the fence on the lion enclosure and just <laughs> what, get the popcorn out. Have you ever played the um, Jurassic Park Zoo Tycoon type game? Uh, no, that sounds good. It is great. Um, what's it called? Um, oh, I need to find the name for it. They did make a, a, a Zoo Tycoon mod, I think, or something. Um, but yeah, they made a great couple of games. Um, what were they called? Jurassic World Evolution, I think they are. Is it Evolution? I don't know. Yes, where you get to make your own Jurassic Park. And then, yes, you can just let the Velociraptors out if you want. <laughs> it doesn't go very well. Perfect. Literally one of the screenshots that they use in their Steam page is a Tyrannosaurus Rex running amok with a helicopter flying off with survivors in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> they they knew what the target audience was for their game. It was monsters like us. <laughs> yeah. Monsters like us for Spooky Month. The month when all the monsters come out. And speaking of monsters and Spooky Month, we watched a film. We did. Which we should probably talk about. Yeah, it's 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 a film. You had you had seen this before. I had seen it before, not in a very long time. When did you um, first see it? Can you remember? I saw it at university, I think, or just after university. Right. Um, and I haven't seen it since, and I don't know what I make of it, having rewatched it. I feel exactly the same. I don't know what to. It, I don't know what to make of this. There's a lot to unpack, isn't there? Yeah. So this week's movie is May from 2002, um, from director Lucky McKee, which is a great name for a director. He's made various odd um, horror movies over the years. And this is a very odd one. There's moments of it which I really like, and it's very offbeat. It almost feels like um, if um, a movie like oh, what's the Vote Pedro film? Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. It's like if Na- <laughs> it's almost like if Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite was Psycho. I guess is 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 the way that I it kind of feels, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far in terms of it having that sort of mumblecore vibe, but I know what you're getting at because what it reminded me of weirdly was Heather's. Do you feel that mm, that that sort yeah. of at least for that kind of first hour that sort of quite that sort of vaguely slacker sort of hazy vibe, um, and that actually kind of put me off a bit. So for the first hour or so of the film, I was like, what is this? I'm not sure I'm really enjoying this. But for the last half hour, I think it really picked up. Um, so it was it was a very strange experience. Yeah, it's very, it's really odd. I think the pacing is the thing that causes that friction. Um, a little bit of an overview of this movie. It's about a woman called May. She's a veterinary assistant. Um, and she likes perfect body parts on human beings, <laughs> I think is her main her main personality trait. So she's always pointing out, oh, you've got lovely hands, you've got a lovely neck, you've got she lovely legs. She goes up nice to gams. friend of the podcast, Jeremy Sisto, and says, I love your hands. Yes, we love, we do love Jeremy Sisto, and we love his hands. They're very it's good nice hands. nice to see. He's very good at playing arseholes, isn't he? Yeah. Is this the third isn't time he's thing? turned up as an arsehole? On this podcast. On this podcast, yeah. I believe so, yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of things. I've only seen a couple of things where he's not an arsehole, <laughs> I think. Um, one of which is horror movie Wrong Turn, which is oh, like, yes. a door. I've seen that. Great movie. Very stupid. It's got like mutants in the woods. Perfect film. Cannot cannot fault it. Yeah. I remember seeing that when we were about 16 and being like legitimately freaked out by it, but also realizing oh, that yeah. it was total yeah. rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved that era of um, of of uh, of those horror movies where like a lot of them were quite trashy, but they got a charm to them. And I think that's one of the ones that really has held up well. And in fact, the they did a remake of Wrong Turn or like a a sort of reboot i suppose which was really good um last Ooh. year or the year before i really enjoyed it did it um, start did it like the original though start kevin zegers <laughs> no i don't think it did do you know who he is he's a man who was in wrong turn he's in what wrong turn he in? he's the kid from the airbud films oh he's the kid from the airbud films is he yeah oh, so what good. links airbud with jeremy sisto that's yeah one degree of separation <laughs> <laughs> perfect um the other thing that he's been in which i did actually really like is is like a sort of cyberpunk psychological thriller called 1.0 which he was in um back in the early 2000s and it's still got some really clever twists and weird stuff going on it's one of those movies where i think about it every so often it runs through my mind and i think oh yeah that was really good I um, just I might need to rewatch that sometime. Looking through his filmography, he did a voice in Frozen Two. Do you think it was a good oh. character or a bad character? I assume it was one of the villains. Yep, it was the bad king who betrayed his people. <laughs> the the bad king was it? Of course it was. <laughs> Underrated villain character actor. Yeah, Jeremy Sisto. Hundred percent. And in this, he plays probably the worst person in the movie, including the murderous woman who cuts people up and turns them into a doll. Spoiler alert for the yeah. end of May. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a sort of <laughs> it's a very disgusting end, isn't it? But it doesn't do yeah. it in a graphic way, which is actually quite good. I think the way it handles the horror stuff is actually very, very good. It just actually takes a really long time to get there, so much so that you're bored and you don't really care by the time that it happens. As I said, the, the big pacing is the real problem. But yeah, it's a really, really disgusting end. She murders a bunch of people and then she sews all their body parts together to make a doll and then gives the doll her own eye so that it can see yeah i liked the ending apart from the giving the doll her own eye because in these kind of movies where you really follow like the villain i suppose the 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 protagonist is also the antagonist um i like it when they come out victorious um and I think this movie could have done better if she had just been really happy with her doll and not ripped out her own eye. I think that would have been good. Um, but I think you're right. The pacing is the real thing. I quite liked the Napoleon Dynamite weirdness to it. Um, you get all of these really strange offbeat scenes with Anna Faris, who I love in this movie. I know, anyway. yeah. She's great. Um, who who also works at the vet where where May works. Um, and they have a little sort of frisson and they, they get together briefly. Um, but it's obviously a casual thing. So it's not a betrayal in the same way that Jeremy Sisto's character betrays her. Um, but she feels slighted by it as well. Um, and 
but she's great in this and i really liked their scenes together they had this really weird lazy stoner comedy vibe to them um i just think this movie could have been a lot better structured if it had been 40 minutes on the build-up and 45 to 50 minutes on her finding herself and becoming yep. a murderer that sounds Rather exactly than an right. hour and then 30 minutes i think we needed more time with may gaining her confidence and murdering people yeah it also um, once it starts than... happening it it feels like a snowball doesn't it yeah and i think they could have done that more gradual build up of um she kills a cat which isn't very nice but maybe that could have been a starting point then killing james duval who yeah. appears in this movie for a very brief amount of time with the worst hair you'll ever see in your life and opens the um, fridge to find the dead beast in the fridge yes yeah um and i think maybe they could have built up and maybe had sort of um you could have had for instance may killing james duval just as this random person but liking his arms and then from there rather than immediately going on to murder everybody else maybe initially murdering anna faris's girlfriend then murdering jeremy sisto's girlfriend then moving on to anna faris and jeremy sisto or something like that and it's yeah. slowly building up to it i think could have worked better but what you've not thought about there is that she needs somewhere to store those bodies yeah she hasn't got a um the big old chest freezer or whatever like mark rylance in that other film that we watched <laughs> yes that's true um but maybe that could then tie back into the veteran the the vets that maybe they have like a freezer place for animal parts or something oh yeah one day someone goes in and finds a human buttock in there yeah yeah exactly so maybe she kills off the the vet who is played by borat's manager in borat by the way (laughs) Oh really, uh, Ke- Ke- Ken Davitian? <laughs> did you did you notice? No, it's, um, I didn't it's, make yeah, that connection. Borat's That's manager great. from Borat. Oh yes, I um, recognise his face. And that now. that one episode of um, Always Sunny where he turns up as Dee's manager. Oh um, yeah, absolutely great. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, maybe maybe she's utilising that as a means to. Oh, that's one of the best episodes as well. Um, it's a really a the really jokes good on Dee. Yeah, yeah so good um and yeah maybe maybe they could have built it up over time more and then it could have felt because the end does feel good and and you're right that like the end of this movie is very good but it takes a little bit too long to get there yeah even though it's only like a 90 minute film suddenly an hour in you're like when's this gonna end <laughs> yeah yeah and then that last half hour works really well and you're like oh okay <laughs> just get <laughs> to the murders mate especially these get days the when murders. every podcast is about murder and you know a lot of tv shows are about murder these days we just want you to get to the murder maybe in 2002 it was different yeah back in those those slow days of 2002 everyone was watching jackass just thinking oh yes this is a nice slow burn slow burn comedy (laughs) show of thinking um you think this was designed to make you think during the time the heyday of jonathan knoxville and his friends (laughs) exactly exactly um but i do think there's some flaws with this movie but i think it is quite an interesting film even though it fumbles along it feels a bit boring and then it has this this quite satisfying ending um there are some really interesting ideas here i really liked the focus on this unconventional killer in a 
in a horror movie. Yeah. Um, I really liked that it took this approach. And I think that Angela Bettis, who went on to become a very um, prominent actor in horror movies for a while, um, and she's always worth watching in things. I think her performance in this is is very good. Her performance carries it. Absolutely. It's, it's a very, very good performance, you know, acting well off of, you know, quite a strange script and quite strange characterization. Um, I, I think it's it's great. I think she's really, really good. I've never seen um, Girl Interrupted, which is her famous cult mm. one that she did before this. Have you? No, no, I've never watched it. I've always meant to. That seems like the kind of thing we should talk about on this show. We should, yes. Um, yes, because yes, that was sort of her, her breakout performance um, in that. Um, alongside, I mean, it's it's got like the greatest cast in the world, doesn't it? Let's be honest, Girl Interrupted. Does it? Yeah, well, you've got Renona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Claire Duval, Brittany Murphy, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, I do have to apologise for Jared Leto being in it. Oh dear, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but but it's got this there's this huge cast of people, and people do so. Oh, yeah, great, so do need to do need to watch it at some point. I don't even know what um, it's about. I don't <clears> want to know until we watch it. It's about a girl who's interrupted. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> you make it sound so um, simple. It's about a, it's about a, a mental facility right um, okay but, uh, but that's about as far as i know um but but yeah it's i think she is absolutely fantastic in this she turns up in a few of lucky mcgee's uh movies lucky mcgee well. <laughs> um, who was the guy in latest... the elevator when <clears throat> he was kissing the woman in the elevator by the yes. way. his his latest movie by the way is just called old man <laughs> does what it says on the tin um, i assume which it only has a score of 4.8 on imdb but it does star Stephen lang who's normally pretty good okay so i am intrigued to to see it um but yeah she's been in a, in a few of his movies um the one that i remember is uh the woman which is a movie about a woman um again it's it's very weird and offbeat it's got this kind of edward scissorhandsy vibe going on where it's it's about this um this really evangelical christian family and um the the patriarch of the family finds this feral woman in the woods and then he locks her up in um like the wood the coal shed or the woodshed or something like that um and it has this weird sort of dichotomy of here's this supposedly really christian noble family and here's the horrible things that they do sort of thing going on a bit like edward scissorhands does right um, where it, it satirizes that suburban culture um in quite a horrible way but she plays the wife in the mate in the in the christian family in that um, all right and that's a very a very odd film again i'm not sure how much i liked it but it's an interesting movie that does interesting things um but yeah, so she's she's turned up in quite a lot of things and she's really good in them, but this still sort of is the the breakout performance of hers and it's kind of when people talk about her, this is the movie that people often bring up. Yeah, because it's it's very much her vehicle, isn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know, this is this is uh, you know, a real standout performance. She drives the film. If it wasn't for her, uh, this movie wouldn't be watchable. <laughs> I think. No, it would be it would be completely unwatchable. Um, but yeah, but it's it's an interesting. It goes and does interesting things here and there. Um, there's a weird sense of humour in it. 
um, where you don't really laugh, but it's got this kind of playful comedy. Yeah. Um, I thought it was it was just self aware enough that the the comedy didn't fall flat. It wasn't like laugh yeah. out loud funny, and I don't know that it was as funny as it maybe thought it was. But it was it was funny in parts, and it was sort of light hearted in a way that you felt like it it knew what it was doing when it was sort of making out making her out to be this sort of creepy loner that that didn't become a cliche because they handled the humor of that well it, that just was very very good at the yeah. start that just sort of got a bit tiresome after 45 minutes of it yeah and that's again that's the thing isn't it is that it it wears out its welcome with those kind of offbeat elements um a little too quickly because it doesn't get on to the mindless gore <laughs> the just mindless give us the mindless gore come on lucky um that's what that's what we want that's what we want um yeah no like I, I like the bit where she's where she's like what are you where where um jeremy's sister asks, what are you reading about um and and she says oh amputation uh is not for work it's just for fun that <laughs> kind of thing it's like okay yeah. yeah i can see what they're going for here and they do that in a way that is because it's sort of offbeat and quirky it doesn't feel like horror but at the same time, when it gets horrible at that, does feel like horror. So again, it's like it's it sort of works, but those kind of two things don't necessarily match up, do they? It's a difficult yeah, line to exactly. walk. Exactly. Um, and it it left me thinking of a movie that I watched more recently uh, called American Mary, rather than May. <laughs> 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 relatively, relatively close, and that I think gets the balance a little bit better so that is about a medical student who gets into underground surgeries um and uses it to sort of get revenge on people who've wronged her right and and that i think handled the pacing a lot better and admittedly this is a movie a decade down the line um so it is um you know, it, it does have that kind of thing going on, and it is a lot more directly graphic. It's got more of a body horror feel to it. Right. Um, but I think that handled, if you're looking for a movie like May, that's also quite offbeat, that handles things with pacing a little bit better than American Mary is probably the, the, the movie to go to. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. I recommend it for people. Um, if you like horrible horror movies like I do. I know that's the thing I wanted to ask you about. I wanted to hear what you thought of this as well, because this is very much your bag and it's not necessarily mine. I mean, I've seen plenty of films like this and I do enjoy horror films, but not on the same level as you do. I mostly will watch them in spooky season and then sort of maybe watch one if it piques my interest, but it's not necessarily my focus. Yeah, whereas I am consistently watching horror movies all the time. Halloween is my Christmas. (laughs) You've got a loop. Christmas is also my Christmas, but not as good as Halloween. Um, and yeah, I I remember finding this movie interesting when I first watched it. But like I said, I hadn't watched it since. And I'm not sure how interesting it was on the second watch. And that might be because I remembered all the plot points. Um, the issues with these kind of movies is that you kind of remember the general plot. So you don't have those unexpected moments. Um, but yeah, I didn't find it quite as interesting this time around. Um, there, there's some... It does some cool things, like I said. And the tone, I think, is... There's not quite 
there's not many movies that have the very particular tone that this film does which i think does make it quite endearing um but i wouldn't necessarily say it's as good on the second watch as it was when i first watched it all those years ago right um, and I'm not sure if I'll return to it again now that we've watched it here. No, I I don't think I'll be watching this again. But it's but I'm glad that we watched it. It was a nice a nice one to finish on. That was kind of we watched a lot of things that were just very good, weren't they? So you know we can't we, we can't did. have that we all the time. Watch... The one thing is that we didn't watch anything garbage this year. No, and I know you're going to make up for it with literally the next movie. That <laughs> you we know what's watch. coming next. That... I know what's coming next. The hottest but of hot didn't... garbage, a fire in a bin. It's here. Roy finds <laughs> Tiffin. <laughs> you should you should send him that. That He'd love could it. be his theme tune. But whenever he walks into a room, he can just play it. <laughs> no, I'll send him that, and he'll send me a voice note back that just says, "Fuck off, fuck off, mate." <laughs> I'm Hero finds Tiffin. We're getting into next week's episode already too early, before we've even watched <laughs> we, the film. We, we are. We need to keep our powder dry on the the mockery of Hero Finds Tiffin and the, the, the majesty which is the after movies. As if we haven't um, done four episodes of it already. Have there been four? <laughs> three or four? Is this the fourth one? I honestly I, don't even I, know. Is, I think this might be the fifth one. Jeez, I think you're right, yeah. I think... I might be wrong, but I think I think this. Well, is we'll we'll confirm that before before next week. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, this movie. I would recommend that people watch it if you can find it anywhere. We had difficulty finding it anyway. Yeah, I think you can purchase a DVD, like a secondhand yeah. DVD <laughs> or a VHS, probably. But like it's yeah it's it's a good one and it's it's interesting it's different it's not just another slasher flick and that's it's all the better for it. Yeah, and the way that it does, the way that it focuses on the villain from the word go, I think is really good. Yeah, because um, you're like still rooting for her, aren't you? That. Even when and she's you murdering people, you're like, her. yeah, you go murder that guy. Yeah, the only person that you feel sad for is Anna Faris. The, yeah. the rest of them, you genuinely are genuinely dislikable human beings, so you don't actually mind. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah, the it's... punk man who who finds the dead beast in the fridge. He does the like Jimbo Jones from the Simpsons things, where he's like, "Oh, it's really hot. I'm going to take off my shirt." So you're like, <laughs> "Yes, you can murder him. That's fine." Now I think my pants are chafing me. Yeah, Jimbo Jones line. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, he does he does that thing um and uh yeah he's just he's just in- wonderfully obnoxious perfectly played by james duval um and so yeah which is is um yeah and, and that's an interesting thing isn't it because she is like a she is a she does become a, a spree killer but you still you are still kind of rooting for her aren't you yeah because she's put in that great performance and she's put in that work. So even though it takes that too long to get there, it the time that it's spent building up her character does pay off. Yeah, and and the other thing is that you do sort of have that sympathy for her as well. You know, she is a lonely, isolated person and it's not necessarily her fault. Um and you know, that does feel and then she gets does get treated badly by other people, so you do feel that sympathy for her um you know you you but you'd be like just come have a hug don't murder anybody 
Yeah, don't make a creepy doll. I was worried at the beginning that it was going to be a creepy doll movie, and I was like, what are you getting me in for? <laughs> I don't want to watch Chucky or, or anything like that, you know. Do you not like creepy dolls? I'm not a huge fan. I'm not bothered by it, but I, I can't see the appeal. So what we should definitely do next year is do an entire marathon <laughs> of the of the Robert the Doll movies. Oh, it's Robert the Doll. I don't want to so, know. <laughs> Robert so there is the in real life... A haunted doll called Robert. Robert the doll is an allegedly haunted doll exhibited at the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Well, I'm never going there. <laughs> I am 100% going there if I ever end up in Florida. I want to go see my namesake haunted doll. Um, and uh, and yeah, apparently it's it's haunted. And a few years ago now, they started making these haunted. Uh, and I can't remember how many they've made. There might be like five of them now as like a knockoff of the um, the Annabelle doll from the Conjuring movies. Um, right. Kind of kind of jumping on the back of that. They started making these Robert the Doll films, which I've never watched, but I think they are all on Netflix. So I might marathon them um, on Halloween or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, the first movie in the series... Uh, has an average score of one out of four. <laughs> Excellent just, just to know. Um, so yeah, maybe next year we'll do we'll do the Robert Robert the Doll movies. Okay, but I was very pleased with that. May turned out not to be there. It was a, good, a bit of an irritating device, but it paid off well in the end. Where I was like, she kept kind of talking to the doll, and that the doll was like her friend and stuff, and that felt a bit more like kind of traditional horror movie cliche fare that it was trying to play around with in a way that I don't think quite landed. But when it it turned out that because she smashed that doll, she was making a new one out of the murdered people's body parts, that actually worked. So it was good, it but did, I didn't it like did, the doll. Didn't it? And it it it. it. It goes back to that, if you can't find a friend, make one, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. All, all ties back into that kind of idea. Which is good, because that's uh, like a yeah, sort of thing that sounds profound, but actually is very stupid. <laughs> which is my favourite kind of thing. Yeah, which many, many horror films are, aren't they? Yeah, that's why we love horror movies. Um, I've just stumbled across a movie that I need to watch, by the way called titanic 666 titanic 666 Uh, tell me this is like a haunted titanic film uh yes dark forces from the deep rise to the surface terrorizing all aboard the titanic 3 and threatens to repeat one of history's greatest disasters so that sounds to me like they make a third titanic titanic 3 thinking nothing bad is possibly going to happen to this and then ghosts go, you know what, we're going to take over and make your boat into a demon boat and then crash it into an iceberg. Wait, there's a Titanic 2? <laughs> Apparently. I mean, there's the Titanic 2 in Future Armor, isn't it? That's Titanic oh, yeah. <laughs> Titanic 2 uh, is a 2010 American disaster film written, directed by and starring Shane Van Dyke. Son of Barry Van Dyke and grandson of Dick Van Dyke. Wow. Yes. I did not expect... I did not have that on today's bingo card. (laughs) Dick Van Dyke is still alive, by the way. I'm so glad that the Van Dyke line continues with the extremely humorous first names. Because Dick Van Dyke is a great name. (laughs) Barry Van Dyke is the perfect possible name for Dick Van Dyke's son. 
and Shane Van Dyke. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. I'm thoroughly on board with there being a human being called Shane Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke is 97 years old. He apparently... What a man. Um, Shane Van Dyke apparently co-wrote the screenplay to that Olivia Wilde film last year. Don't worry, darling. Oh, really? We should watch that. Apparently it's awful. Yeah. I'm really intrigued because the trailers made it look vaguely intrigued, like vaguely interesting. The one where Harry Styles people... spat on Chris Pine. That was the, that was the whole thing, <laughs> yes. wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, so I'm intrigued to watch it. We should we should find it and watch it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still unsure. Sorry, One Direction fans, are probably going to cancel me. <laughs> is is the One Direction fandom still really dangerous? No, if you criticise. I don't are think they, so. Are they all mellowed out now? It's not the same as, as Taylor Swift fans. They're all, they're all fine, I think. Um, in which case, yeah, I don't necessarily think he's a good actor. Have I? I have I've, we seen him in anything? I don't think I've I seen him in anything. I have watched him in... Um, oh no, that means I'm going to have to mention Dunkirk. <laughs> yes, I've watched him Boring. in Boring! And he's fine in that, but also he barely says anything. So right. I'm not sure how well he'd do as a more of a more of a character um so yeah but yeah let's watch let's watch don't worry darling yeah hey, how about we watch it next week instead of whatever it is you're i have no idea what you're gonna pick <laughs> why don't we uh, why, don't, why don't we watch this instead no no we've got to we've got to get there because there's a link <laughs> there's actually a link between after and that isn't there because it initially started as like harry styles fanfic so the character of um that hero finds different That's places true. based on harry styles so that's a link. That's a through line. That is a, that is a through line. Um, is there anything else you want to say about May? Um, let's see. I thought the score was good. Generally, it sort of got grungy once it got a bit more murderous mm. in a sort of late 90s, early 2000s way that I quite liked. Um, that was good. I thought it amused me quite a lot that... So Jeremy Sisto's character, he's like a film school dropout mechanic and um, she goes around to his house and he shows her his short film that he made. He made. Um, in college and it's called Jack and Jill and when the words Jack and Jill popped up I was like is this going to be the Adam Sandler film and I was like no no <laughs> that would be a true horror that would be that really would be and that had yeah, some no, nice I... cannibalism in it so there's a good link between that and Bones and All <laughs> from last there week we go. Um, I did yeah I liked the score as well the score was very good it had that sort of um, offbeat indie vibe then like you said going into the grungier elements it worked well it suited the film very well um yeah it's a, it's a good one i also just noticed that it was edited by ryan johnson <laughs> the director of the johnson. last jedi as in the literal ryan johnson yeah no yeah oh. so he went from this to directing the last jedi oh that's beautiful and what a good job he did on this film. Yeah. Apart from they could have cut about fifteen minutes, but I'm sure that wasn't his decision. <laughs> yeah. He was one of one of three editors listed on the Wikipedia page, so he might not have done that much. But good for him. I think him and Lucky McKee are mates. Oh, that's cool. They should they should get Lucky McKee to do to a um, Star Wars movie. Why not? Everyone's having a go these days, aren't they? <laughs> and none of them can make anything interesting anymore. No, they've, all, they've got to make something incredibly boring now because they're not allowed to do anything interesting. There's too much Star Wars, man. I, I just can't deal with it. I never even watched <laughs> the Obi Wan one, let alone Andor. Uh, you weren't, Endor. you weren't missing out much on 
on Obi Wan. To be honest, it was fine. What's the new one? Um, and, Ars- and- Arseholer. That looks like um, the one Ahsoka. that you want. Ahsoka. That one actually looks like the one that you want, which is the Legend of Kit Fisto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want the Legend of Kit Fisto. Um, yeah, no, Andor is very good. I I do recommend you watch Andor. It is excellent. Um, I haven't watched Ahsoka yet because it's a character from a animated TV show that I never watched. So I have zero interest in watching all of that in order to understand a live action movie that they made, a live action TV series that they made further down the line. Like I have zero interest. Like why are they doing um, that instead of like the one where Darth Maul came back from the dead and he's got spider legs under half his body oh, or whatever? Exactly. Like, why aren't they doing exactly. that? The problem with the problem is that Star Wars is desperate to appeal to the most niche elements of its fandom when actually they're not the people that star wars relies on to be interesting Mm. star wars relies on your average idiot on the street like me (laughs) to 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 enjoy it where i i know a fair bit about i know a fair bit about star wars lore but i'm not part of the star wars fandom even though i love star wars and i really dive into it it doesn't define me as a depressed nerd um it's just a one of the facets of me as a depressed nerd and so I'd like them to do things like, and this might sound like a radical idea, maybe tell a new fucking story with new fucking characters. I mean, is is that so much to ask that they tell something new? Yeah. And that it doesn't doesn't rely on their being like, oh, I'm the the long lost nephew of the guy who babysat Luke Skywalker once on Tatooine. <laughs> like that we don't need that. <laughs> Just give us something new entirely. I think what really defines thing... you as a as a nerd is Pokemon, isn't it? Yeah, Pokemon's my thing. Ask me any Pokemon fact, which has always been reintroducing, introducing, introducing new new char- new characters and new Pokemon and new Charizards every ten years or less. <laughs> new Charizards every year. They give it a new color scheme and get people to buy something expensive with Charizard on it. Yep. Hey, here's here's Pikachu in a new hat. Costs a hundred quid. I'm on it. <laughs> genuinely pikachu in hats is a thing yeah it Um, is i've caught several of those in pokemon go have you ever seen pikachu in a luchador outfit no i will pay you a hundred dollars to find out no (laughs) I'll, I'll, i'll send you the luchador pikachu um it's great yeah star wars is big and silly pokemon is also big and silly and they should embrace the big and silliness instead of being like, here's the tiniest interest, intricacy of lore that we can dive into because it's going to make five people happy who will then write a blog about it. No, give us Kit Fisto. Or make a new character who's like Kit Fisto. Yeah. You know, give us something new. Oh, give us May Pikachu. in space. I actually love this. He's great, isn't he? Great yeah. little fella. May in um, space. Yeah, give us give us give us May in space. Give us a, a sad Jedi who's just looking for love in all the wrong places and ends up cutting people's arms off with a lightsaber and making a little C three PO doll. Yeah. I'd watch that. It's give us give like, us that. Give us May in space. It's vaguely human centipede-ish, isn't it? I feel like I'm from Star Wars <laughs> yeah. to the human centipede. That and that's what the fans are asking for. That's what the people they, want. Come on, Lucky McKee, I mean, we're counting on you. Genu- genuinely, one of the best Star Wars things I've ever enjoyed was they made a book that was basically a Star Wars zombie story. 
um, where it was a bunch of stormtroopers who got on a uh, a derelict spaceship and and it turned into like a horror story. Hmm. And that was really good. Like, I love it when they do weird things like that. There was a whole comic book series of Star Wars that was basically Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead in space, where it's about these two bumbling stormtroopers who just so happen to be there during um during these big moments in star wars history and and when they did stuff like that it was really fun that sounds that's cool. what i think they need to get back to they doing those weird little things would be nice but now it's all disnified so it's all got to tie up and be really complicated and no star wars star wars works best when it's loose and weird and silly um anyway Just i don't like know how loose, we got star wars loose feet <laughs> are a very real problem <laughs> They sink ships. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, have you got anything else to say, or should we? No, I, I think I've covered it. This is an interesting film with some major pacing issues and a, a strange vibe that I do recommend watching if you haven't seen. But um, and you know, it's it's not a bad one for Spooky Month, is it? As long as you don't no, mind a bit no. of murder. Yeah. Um, so, how many times will you say to Jeremy Sisto that you like his hands? <laughs> I'll tell him seven times out of a possible 20. Yeah, and I'll tell him 10 times out of a possible 20. It's a, this is a weird movie. I'm probably not going to watch it again now, but I it's a, it's an interesting one. It's quite unique. Yeah. I think you enjoyed it a little bit more than I did because it's more yeah. your your bag. But that's that's all good. Well, exactly. that's that's a, a good suite of Halloween films this year. I think we've gotten through some really good stuff. Yes, yeah, no, there's been some good stuff there. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> so yeah, come on. Yeah. Me out my misery. We're going to be watching After Everything, which is the latest, and they've assured us the final film in the After franchise, but you never know, I do you? S- I so, swear they've told us that before. Yeah, so this one involves a wedding, so yeah, it's the wedding <sighs> one. It's the wedding one. Aero Fine Stiffen is going to get married to um, the woman from the other films and tell her to fuck off on her wedding day, probably. (laughs) That's how it's going to go, I'm sure. You may now fuck off the bride. (laughs) And then it turns into Footloose. Cut loose, (laughs) fuck loose. Just another excuse to say that. I just remembered that the last one was called After Ever Happy. Um, That is... (laughs) One of the worst titles for a film ever. <laughs> oh, please let this be the last one. I don't think I could handle. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed or will enjoy May when you get around to seeing it. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about After Everything. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye.